Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. Thank you guys for joining me. For any new listeners that we have, this episode, or this podcast I should say rather, is all about interviewing people who are doing something good for the planet in any way, shape or form, be it they're running a business or they're just doing their bit to live a minimum waste lifestyle or live vegan, whatever you have. I just interview a wide range of people who are really inspiring and we take a leaf from their book, their way of living, and add it to our own way of living, hence the name, Book of Leaves. And if this is your first episode, there are a few that we have released so far that I think are quite interesting. They cover a broad range of topics from cork versus leather to sustainable fashion, a zero-waste shop, books. There's just a lovely collection of things. And last week was all about veganism as well, which was really interesting. Got a lot of um, lovely feedback over that. So thank you everyone who got in touch. And yes, this episode with Pat Kane, I think is quite fitting because it's July and every July for the past few years, it's been known as Plastic Free July. So it's just a way of highlighting the fact that we should really try avoid plastic wherever, whenever possible. It is really bad for the environment, not just in that it, when it can be recycled, it can't be recycled more than two or three times but often it's actually not recycled at all and it's really bad for the planet but also the making of plastic is terrible the oil the fracking and everything that goes on into these products ain't good for the planet or for us because we're on the planet obviously so we should all try avoid plastic and reuse This website, or E-U-Z-I, is how it's spelled, sells a lot of products that would help you reduce plastic in your life and various other things, you know, like just general waste, really. And it's a lovely business. And it's not just a shop. It's Pat also runs other services as well, like Eco Parties, which is really cool. I won't keep you guys much longer. Sure, have a listen. Of course, this podcast is completely free to listen to and always will be because I want to kind of spread the message of sustainability far and wide. But if you do want to support it, I do have a Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash book of leaves. If anyone wants to donate to the upkeep of the podcast, be it, you know, the website fees and the podcast hosting and whatnot, that would be greatly appreciated. But of course, even more than that, if you could review this on Apple Podcasts or if there is a review option on whatever medium you're listening to, that would be amazing. And rate, subscribe, share, retweet, regram, all that lark would be very cool. I hope you guys are having a wonderful July so far. Loads of stuff going on, but this is a long enough podcast, so I'll let you guys listen to Pat and I'll catch you after. Hi Pat. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming into town after work to 
do your very first podcast, I think. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's Thank cool. you well, so much. I'm relatively new to this as well, so we can learn together. Thank you so much. You're very good for coming in. And I guess to kick off, before we get into Reusey, I'd like to find out a little bit more about the person behind the project. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so my name is Patricia, which is a very Irish name, I guess. However, I was born and raised in Rio, in Brazil. Um, I was born at the beach and I've lived there all my life, well, I suppose, until I was 23. I was a huge fan of, you know, the ocean and nature. So that was really second nature to me. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, and very respectful of all living creatures, basically. When I was 23, then I had this opportunity to move to the Caribbean and live in Jamaica, uh, working for, funnily enough, an Irish business, which I did for six years then. I lived in Jamaica, I lived in Honduras, in Central America, and also in Panama. And I got to see how different people do their thing, you know, the good and the not so good, I suppose. And, you know, all of that built, I suppose, this experience on, you know, what I think would be the best way for us to live our lives like sustainably without really causing any harm to the planet. I am a mom of two little boys. So Thomas, he's five, Connor, he's one, and I'm married to Stephen, a man from Monaghan, funnily enough. Very good. And how did you meet Stephen? So I met Stephen in Jamaica. We were both working there for this business. And um, then the rest is history, you know. We moved to Ireland. Uh, it's going to be almost nine years now. And yeah, it's it's great. This is home. I feel ba- like this is my home. You Amazing. Know? Yeah. And you were saying you grew up beside the beach and everything. Mm-hmm. So did that have a big impact on how you see the environment it didn't seem that there was one incident in your adult life where you said oh the environment is something we need to mind it it seems like Mm. it's always kind of been there yes yes so you know for us in Rio a lot of times the weekends means like going to the beach and enjoying the ocean and the sun and the outdoors we have beautiful mountains and forests and all of that so If that's dirty, covered in plastic, covered in rubbish or whatever it is, you know, it's not good for us. So I was always very attentive to that sort of stuff. And I was a huge fan of really not screwing over our planet, as I like to say, because it would be the end of my fun, you know. And so growing up, that's how we felt. You know, we always had a lot of like pets, never a dog, because my mom was never really allowing us to have a dog. But we had, you name it, like bunnies, little chickens, turtles. My grandparents had a house at the beach, a different beach. We spent all our summer holidays there. And there was always like, you know, quails and a veggie patch. You know, we were eating veggies, like being, you know, um, my granny was growing them there. So we were always very much in touch with nature. Um, And I suppose that's where it all started. And obviously then when I became a mom, things escalated, I suppose. Okay, so tell us a bit more about that, because this is when I think when you had Thomas, this is when 
reuse kind of began so what mm. what happened basically yeah so my husband and I uh, you know we're very respectful of nature funnily as I said to you before he is a surfer from Monaghan mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> funny county to be a surfer from exactly. for anyone abroad Monaghan is a midland county there's no <laughs> there's no sea there so exactly yeah. But trust me, he is. And, you know, while we were living abroad, he was always surfing and all. So we were very good at like keeping it to a minimum when it comes to waste, obviously keeping it to a minimum. But then that little baby arrived. And as any other new parent, you kind of panic in a lot of senses, a lot of ways. And one of the ways is like, oh, my God, what is this amount of rubbish that never existed before and out here? So you're talking about wipes, you're talking about nappies, you're talking about, you know, bottles and you name it. On top of that, I, I didn't really feel like myself for a while. And I was doing a lot of online shopping from groceries to, you know, like like boots, things like that. The pharmacy, mm. I mean, not boots, boots. Um, <laughs> and that sort of stuff. So all of those boxes arriving and bubble wrap and more paper and more. That. So it got to a point that we're like, enough is enough. We cannot keep going like this. And, you know, we sat down, we run what I call the house audit. You know, we basically went through different areas in our lives and tried to identify the pain points. Pain points being the moments when you generate waste. And uh, those could be like in the kitchen, you know, we're over buying when it comes to food and groceries and salads and all. And things were going like, going off like in days and nobody would eat. Or we were just, say, for example, out and about and we're buying bottles of water. You know, we don't drink coffee. We do drink tea. So, again, disposables again. You know, all of that stuff. And obviously, baby. Baby, we knew exactly that that was a problem. And then we basically said, look, we're going to pick two or three areas. Let's master them. The reality is we tried to do a lot of things at, at the same time and we really got frustrated because we couldn't keep it up. And then we're like, right, let's pick three, two to three areas and let's choose areas that we know we can do it. So out and about was very easy, very, very easy. You know, each one of us got a cool bottle that we were proud to carry around. A cutlery, we're carrying cutlery from our own home because as I always say, like, you have stuff at home that you can, you know, use. Don't need to buy a fancy set of cutlery if you mm. don't want. If you want, yeah, you know, knock yourself out. But like, you don't need that sort of stuff, like shopping bags. And we did really, really well. So next, what's next? Kitchen. Obviously, cling film and foil are huge problems we have today. And then we learned about beeswax wraps and that sort of stuff. And even though people are like, oh, this is disgusting. This is so weird. We're like, no, it's not. Look, you can do this too. too. And when we presented the, the alternative and explained how it worked, that, you know, you can clean it. It's okay. It's not going to be dirty or anything. People are like, oh, okay, how'd you find about that stuff? And it's like a lot of research. And from there we went. So we became that family in our circle of friends that were like, oh, ask them, they'll know. You know, if you had a question about the minimal waste of lifestyle, we tried to cut as much as possible fast fashion. You know, it's very tempting when you have a small child to, mm. to fall into that because they grow up so fast, they get so dirty. But like we try to avoid all of that as much as possible. And we were doing really well. And then I had the second pregnancy. And that's then when Reusey was born. Okay. Yeah. I guess with Reusey, so you set up the online shop first, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah. And But how did the, the business kind of aspect, was that hard, I guess? Or did it just come to you? 
No. So I knew I wanted to do something with my second maternity leave. Okay. You know, I, I wanted to work on something that I really loved. And as I said, as you said, I've been working in businesses for all my life. It's 19 years since I started working. So that's all all my life so far anyways. Um, and I had a list of areas that I was interested in, you know, different industries and everything. But because sustainability was like second nature to us, you know, we were doing it so well at home and we became that little reference like, oh, where'd you find that? Where do you do that? And again, my background business wise was customer experience. So my customer experience as a sustainable customer, let's just say, um, was very fragmented. And I said, you know what? I am interested in that. That's an area I'm extremely passionate about. I know what the alternatives are for a lot of the problems that are out there. My experience to date is not the best. There are a few websites that are very much mommy and baby. The others are very much more like, you know, all beige, very natural. And then I had to go to farmer's markets to get all the bits. I couldn't find stuff all in one place. So I I set this challenge for myself, like, let's create a one-stop shop for minimal waste lifestyle. And that's how Reusey appeared. Reusey was born like five days before my baby was number two was born. It was May 4th, 2018. It was a challenge. And like I remember being at Hollow Street asking Stephen, like, any orders came true? You know, like, and he's like, uh, a baby came true. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's true. But baby's number two, the poor baby number two, you know? And I was like, no, no, no. This is going to work. And for months, the baby wouldn't sleep in his couch. I had him on my shoulder and the computer on my lap. And from there, things escalated. And, you know, like, I think now we have over 360 products on the website. Wow. You know, we started with 25. A lot of the, the products there, they are products that I need needed myself at some point. And I'm like, where do I find this? Oh, I can't find unless it's like America or, you know, someone in Asia. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I then add the product to our portfolio. And a lot of the things is also customers telling me, look, do you have these? Do you have that? And I'm like, oh, good idea. Let me look into that. So that's how the whole website came around. You know, I try to stand for, obviously, the shop. So enabling people to find products they need. Mm -hmm. Education is another pillar of ours. So going around doing my talks in schools and businesses and trying to get spread the word as a normal person, just trying her best. So I'm not going out there saying I'm a lecturer, you know, I'm this, I'm that. Like I did a, a course on sustainability last year with a baby and with a new business. And I put a course in there, you know, so I did study because obviously I didn't want to come from a place that like I think it's like, no, 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 there are facts that you need to know. So the education side is very important because if you buy a beautiful bottle, you know, with little coconut pattern on it, it's great. But if you don't know that in Ireland today, 220,000 plastic bottles are consumed every day and not all of them are recycled, you're not going to feel guilty enough next time you forget that beautiful coconut pattern bottle at home. So to me, that's why education has to come hand in hand with the shop. Yeah. Because it's not about being beautiful and colorful which is definitely something I want to be sustainability doesn't need to be beige you know but I want you to understand the reason behind your buying that cute cute bottle or bag or whatever it is that you're buying you know with us and then the the third bit is social 
it's giving back to the community so through you know working with community centers with tidy town groups you know donating our time i suppose you know as well as working with sea rescue ireland on eco breaks and that sort of stuff yeah oh yeah i can't wait to get into eco breaks and everything there's so much you you guys you are are definitely far from just a shop where mm. people can get things like because education as you said is really important because people are more likely to stick to doing something if they know why yeah. they're doing it but we can get a bit more into that uh, first like can you give us some examples of the kind of products you sell and how you end up with them so do you research them do companies approach you i know you said some sometimes customers mm-hmm. will will advise you on something and then you do research so what kind of criteria do the products need to fulfill for you to sell them yeah that's good so every supplier of ours um mainly the ones i don't know so a few of our suppliers they are already sustainable you know they they, they are basically focused on sustainable products so everything they source is ethically produced you know uh, the staff who's producing them is treated fairly they have good wages and all of that sort of stuff but some of the the, the people that these days come to me in the past Granted, I had to go after a lot of them because they didn't know easy. But now it's getting a bit out there. So a lot of the people coming to us now, they are basically like, look, these are great products. Maybe you should have that on the website. And I'm like, okay, here is a questionnaire. And we have like five, six questions. And we say to them, look, if you can answer this, send it back to me and then I'll come back to you with our verdict, basically, if this conversation should go ahead or not. Yeah. And the questions are very much around, like, you know, how plastic-free is your operation? You know, how many staff do you have? How are they treated? Well, how, how much are they paid per hour? Obviously, they can't disclose a lot of these questions. Mm-hmm. But, like, we need reassurance that the people making whatever the product is, that they are being treated fairly. You know, we ask for pictures of the locations where, where the products are manufactured. We ask, you know, what, what sort of waste they generate by making a product. You know, if you think of something that has a silicone band, a keep cup, for example. Mm-hmm. How does that work? So we have all of these questions that go out. And once we are happy with that, we try also to agree on the way they ship stuff to us. Because the reality is I'm never going to ship anything to a customer with a piece of plastic in there or a sellotape. Mm-hmm. So manually, each box that arrives to us and we want to reuse because we reuse all of our boxes. I remove the plastic tape, if any, myself by hand because I want the customer to be able to, if they're not going to use that box again I want them to be able to throw that straight into your recycling bin or composting bin mm-hmm. everything we do is plastic free packaging wise so there is a huge concern and you know it's something that we we really keep seeking for reassurance and just make sure that everything that's coming to us it's being produced ethically it's coming to us in a potentially like carbon free way trying to offset the carbon they produce and that sort of stuff so it it is a huge concern at the moment for everybody i guess yeah 100 percent. but it's so good to hear the kind of criteria that you give Mm. companies like if only every supermarket or anyone did that you know there wouldn't be so many ethical problems especially with how you're treating workers and everything so that's really Mm. that's really refreshing to hear and Mm. nice that the products you sell there is really thought gone into behind them it's not just greenwashing or anything like they're genuine ethical products which is brilliant you mentioned about shipping there as well and you like to reuse boxes 
and you don't use sellotape or anything Mm-mm. I've yet to find like I have rolls of sellotape in my house that I got in a pack that I bought before I tried to reduce plastic and stuff so I'm trying to use those up but I didn't like how do you ship plastic free because to me that's that's like a whole other world you know it's such a big problem you get something and it's wrapped in like this mm. this non-recyclable plastic so how do you manage that yeah. it's actually you mean how we ship out right yeah yeah it's it's actually quite simple it's actually basically going back to basics so for example if i'm shipping something regardless of its size small or big i'm never gonna you're never gonna get from reusing a new box you know, we don't buy new boxes. We have one product, which is our subscription box, that has a standard box. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, that's new. But everything else, like I've established what I like to call a system with my neighbors and friends. So if they have boxes in, in their houses, they can send them to me. You know, I have friends who have also businesses. And they're like, Pa, would you like my boxes? I'm like, yes, please. So in my storage facility, I'd say half is product and half is box. <laughs> <laughs> at this point but like we we use like if if you order something very small like you know facial rounds to remove makeup for example mm. like cotton pads you know we're gonna send that to you possibly in a little cornflakes box and it's funny because i got people already actually only two people that got their product and the box obviously had nothing to do with reusing because it's a reuse it's a post-consumer box as mm-hmm. we call right and the customer's like emailed me straight away saying like this is not what I asked for can you please send me the correct product I'm like no 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 open the box our boxes have a past life yeah you know they they're here is you're seeing something that's like not really what's in there and they open they're like oh my god I'm so sorry I'm like no no I'm actually delighted yeah you know because that's the that's what we want to do yeah you know we're not here to send you a squeaky clean new box that's not going to happen and when it comes to sellotape we are absolutely against it and we use a water-based paper tape. So it's perfect. It does the job the same way salad tape does and it's compostable. Amazing. So we actually sell them on the website as uh, well. If you I ever know need. exactly <laughs> the next thing that I'm going to buy from you guys. That is, and and yeah. we try inside the box if we ever need to put a bit of paper to protect something or wrap mm-hmm. something. We will use like newspaper, magazines. You know, we are never going to print your invoice or your receipt we're never going to print anything yeah it's all online you know you will get a little note a handwritten note to say thanks and a few details of the business just so you can keep and remember but um don't ever expect to get a receipt from us unless there is a law telling us that we have to do and even if there is we're going to fight that you know we don't want to print anything if we don't have to because the reality is we know what you bought if you want to exchange something great exchange away talk to us the paper won't make any difference mm-hmm. and the customer doesn't really care they throw it away straight away yeah so yeah we are once, very against it yeah once you have an e-receipt that's all that's you need. exactly it yeah that's, that's perfect uh you mentioned you have a subscription box as well yes. that you set up mad yeah. i think it is mad yeah make a difference I love so it. mad because i want you to be mad at what's happening it's not a climate change at the moment we know it's a climate emergency mm-hmm. crisis it's not a change anymore Mm -hmm. it it changed already yeah so i want you to be mad but then turn that mad that anger that frustration into something that good and make a difference so that's what mad stands for so the idea of the subscription box came because there was no, no such thing in ireland so our subscription box the first sustainable subscription box in ireland and basically you get full-size products of you know useful 
things that will help you green up your routine. So, you know, some customers say to me, look, I'm very interested in fixing my bathroom routine and I can then tailor it down to them. But, you know, we have a standard box that goes out every month, different things, obviously. But um, if you say to me, Pat, I need to fix my bathroom routine. So I'm going to try and focus a bit more on bathroom products, say shampoo bars, toothpaste, toothbrush, all of that stuff, because that creates then that, oh, okay, I like that. So they come back to the site and they know where to find next time they need a, a new toothbrush, for example. It's going super well. It keeps me really busy in the middle of the month because we ship every 15th of each month. That's so cool because they're kind of a big hit now, subscription boxes, but everyone has a little bit of materialism inside them where you like buying things and likes making you feel better. But a lot of subscription boxes out there, you know, that you want to try new things. And it's like this, the goodie bag you used to get as a kid or something. Like we still like that as adults, but it's uh, it can be really wasteful and you can get things that you don't need. So it's so nice to hear that you can get like an eco-friendly, sustainable, minimal waste version where they're tailored to you. So that's that's Mm. really cool that you do that. It's funny. um, When I worked in my last job, some of the girls in the office, including myself, we had a beauty box, not called beauty box. It's a different one. Mm -hmm. We don't need to mention names. And like, I remember us getting a few bits and it's like, I'm never going to use this. You know, my hair is short or I don't wear pink or whatever, you know. And then what would you do with that thing? You need to find someone who will use it. It's just wasteful. Yeah. Yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. You were talking a little bit earlier about your corporate talks as well that you do. So you also like if you go onto the Reusey website, you know, there's a shop there, but there's also like the services you provide and corporate talks are one of them. And you also do house calls and school talks. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? The services. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, we start then with the corporate talks and advice. So I go into businesses and as I said to you, I don't go into a business saying, I know it all. I got it all, you know, worked out here. No, I'm here. I I always say to them, look, guys, I'm going to give you a few facts. I'm going to give you inspiration, motivation based on my experience. And I'm going to give you a bit of action. So action plan, you know, those three elements like the action, the motivation, try and get that together and say, look, you can do that too. So it is not for that friend who is a hippie. It's not for that friend who, you know, lives at a farm and eats and breathes, you know, like, you know, vegetables and has access to all of that stuff. It's for everybody. It's all about finding a way to make it work for yourself and your family and your friends and all of that. So I do that. And it's always very good. There's always a bunch of questions. Talk about recycling. I talk about composting, eco bricks. And I know we'll talk about that in a minute. But people are very, very engaged. I'm still to find a place where I go and people are like, oh, here we go. Everybody is like, there's always a bunch of people asking questions and trying to help. Um, I do advice as well, where I go through their processes, their habits. And then we run a little bit of an audit, a little bit of an interview with everybody. And try to find out, okay, like, these are the issues then, guys. Are these the home visits? Well, these are still corporate. Oh, the corporate one, okay. Yeah. Okay. I do schools uh, where I do the talks, uh, like I've done Montessori's. Very cute, very cute. You know, the little kids like, do you know the whales are dying? And I'm like, I know, but what are we doing to help the whales? I always start with this icebreaker. I'm like, who in here loves the beach or the park and animals? And they're all super engaged. Like, me, me, me. Who loves vegetables? And they're like, "Mm, not so much. (laughs) 
you know. And I'm like, yeah. all of that, guys, is part of our planet. And, you know, we need to take care of it. And they're all like, oh, my God, mind blown. Is, is it all part of the planet? You know, and then the conversation starts with the little ones all the way to teenagers who are very much into their fashion and mm -hmm. their nail polish and their glitter. And they're like, are you telling me not to ever use nail polish again? Because nail polish is plastic. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. In fact, you just touched on the secret here. The secret is you're not going to stop doing anything you're doing. You're just going to find better ways of doing it. If you love nail polish, excellent. Find something that's biodegradable. that's good for the planet. I bet it's going to be better for your nails as well. Yeah, so that's talks and corporates, you know, audits and all. And then I go into homes. I can do one-to-one -one advice, which is very good. And, you know, I catch people... It's like this small faux pas that's like, um, oh, I'm very good at the supermarket and la la la, I bring my own bags and, you know, okay, but tell me then, so if you're buying lemons, how do you buy the lemons? Oh, I use those, and I was like, plastic bags, oh, there you go. Mm. So, you know, so you always catch a few things that you're like, I didn't know. I that they didn't that. see themselves. Is, yeah. is that because you're so already used to certain things, you know, and you don't see it. I do the eco parties. Tell me about those. <laughs> I got so excited when I saw them. They That's are very so cool. cool. They're basically the good old Tupperware parties, plastic free, right? right. So I go in, I do a, a mini talk just to get everybody on the same level here, guys. This is what sustainability means. This is what's happening in Ireland because there's no point of me talking to you about Australia or the walruses in our planet, you know, like yeah. horrible. But like people are like, okay, okay, okay. But what can I do? Mm -hmm. What's happening right here, right now? So we talk about that and then we do a bit of product demo and we bring food. Obviously, we have a vegan option and we do all of that fun stuff. And at the end of the day, like they can take a few products if they want. Or in a few cases, they are so like, you know, at the beginning of their journey, that is very much like, I just want to see how this thing works. And I want to bring it home in my thoughts, think about it, sleep on it, you know, and see if I can commit to this. And that's fine, too, because... You don't want to waste money on something that you don't know you're going to keep using. Mm. So that's definitely not what I, you know, what I work for anyways. Yeah, we do eco walks. So we partner with different people, different businesses and organize cleanups. What else? There's so There's many There's so things. many things. Yeah. yeah. It is definitely my favorite part of Reezy is the interaction with businesses and schools and people and the kids. The kids, like, they're the yeah. best. They come up with some stuff that you wouldn't believe. And your your eco parties, so is that kind of more geared towards adults or are they like kids parties that you can host as well? Like, is It's anything. Like I've done one for lads. One of the guys was very engaged and, you know, he was he was following me on Instagram and he said, look, I have a few pals that you would love to hear a bit more about that, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So I went into their home and I was like, Okay, guys, so that's that. So obviously a few products, you know, I always talk about anything with everybody because I think it's important. So even if it's a bunch of lads, I was there talking about menstrual products and menstrual cups, you know, and they were like, okay, maybe skip that part. <laughs> it's good for them to know these things. It's yeah. good to know. And even the stats are so horrifying when it comes to menstrual products. Mm. You know, like a woman going through over 11,000 menstrual products in a lifetime versus four to five cups. Yeah. You know, like it's a no brainer. Yeah. So um, it's good for people to get a, a good idea of what the problems are. And um, yeah, I did obviously a lot of women 
a lot of women, they bring their friends and, you know, they're like, oh, don't bring food. We'll, we'll, everybody will bring something. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So, and then kids, like, you know, I haven't done a one just for kids, but I've done a, a few with kids in the room. Sure. You know, they bring their own kids, uh, which is obviously very good. And the moms yeah. are always very like, I listening, pay attention. So it, it's so gratifying. I'm sure you did. It was Thomas's birthday the weekend. So you did your own little birthday party mm. for him, which, which in, you know, hindsight could have been a plastic disaster because it's so easy to get like little bits and things. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I was a full on shameless product placement party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing the moms like from the goodie bag, you know, with pavement chalk, edible straws and a homemade cupcake that was by Thomas, you know, they were very impressed and they're like, okay, so it is possible. And I'm like, mm-hmm, it is possible. It's just a matter of putting a little bit more effort because mm. I know it's obviously much easier to go to Dunn stores and buy a bunch of dips and hummus and whatever already made. But like, it's once a year. I'm yeah. sure you can make an effort. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's great. And it's valued more as well. Like if you give like a a generic kind of thing that everyone gets, everyone kind of treats it the same. Like Avian McCann was saying in the podcast I did with her, if I made her a card, she'd treat it so much more better and hang on to it. And it matters more than, Mm. you know, so the the energy you put into it, it's not gone to waste. Like the people do appreciate it. Definitely not, you know. Uh, and and it's just it's more delicious as well because you're putting more effort and yeah. you know you want to impress yeah um and the kids to be honest they don't feel any difference I was worried at the beginning you know I said to my husband I don't want to be I don't want Thomas to be that kid you know with a different mom mm. but like I was talking to the moms there and I was asking the kids did you like it the, the goodie bag it wasn't like full of stuff you know mm-hmm. I had two things and a cupcake. And if you compare it to some of the stuff some moms gave, it's like nothing. The moms are like, this is perfect. I'm going to check the website. I'm going to change. I'm going to do that. And I was like, woohoo. Amazing. Mission accomplished. Changing the world one goodie bag at a time. One goodie bag, yeah. That's perfect. And I guess, yeah, you mentioned that we were going to talk a little bit about eco bricks. That's mm. another thing you um, collect and you share advice on how people can make their own eco bricks and then where you send them, you send them to Seal Rescue. So can you, for anyone who doesn't know, can you tell us kind of quickly what eco bricks are and how you can make your own one? Yeah, so eco bricks are nothing but plastic bottles. It's a way for us to reuse the unrecyclable. So in Ireland, as we know, soft plastic doesn't pay to be recycled. So the businesses, they don't want to do it, you know. So... Obviously, it, it ends up in landfill or incinerated or God knows where, in the ocean, I don't know. Um, so it's a way for us to reuse all of that. So if you think of uh, sweet wrappers, fruit punnets, if you think about, I don't know, like if kids have like those cards, collectible stuff, like, you know, all the plastic that comes around that all goes in there. I even make the joke with a boyfriend, old boyfriend's photogra- photographs, you know, just cut that into tiny little pieces like a minute and stuff it in a, in a nickel brick, <laughs> you know, like it's all of that stuff that it cannot be recycled goes into the eco brick, you know, you stuff it in and w- once it's rock solid to the point that you can stand on them and they won't dent in, you will know it's ready to go. You can build something yourself. So at the moment, my my five-year-old and I were building a food stool and he thinks it is the coolest thing. He loves it, like putting the plastic inside the brick and all. 
you know, but if you have one at 1.75 milliliters or two liters soda bottles or cordial bottles, you can send them to me and I will share them with Seal Rescue Ireland, who are obviously um, a group rescuing seals mm. and they use that to make furniture and in the future, hopefully an, even a building because they are hard rock, like exactly like bricks yeah. and they will last forever someone asked me just this week you know oh what's the lifetime here for these bricks and I'm like uh have you heard that plastic doesn't decompose yeah I was like kind of forever don't you worry your project will last until god knows yeah they I've someone told me on another podcast plastic doesn't break down it only breaks up so Mm. but when they're in those big bottles they're so sturdy like we have one half full at home and literally like at the bottom of it is rock hard like it's it's crazy and they they take a long time to fill like you think oh sure look I'll have I'll have seven you know two liter bottles filled at the end of the week you'll actually be surprised at how much you can like squash in there my advice is always to cut the plastic in little bits because sometimes you know big pieces can get can block the way and it's very hard for you then to push them down. Mm. You know, if it's a tight, like if it's a still soft plastic, but a harder one, maybe. So my advice is always like cut into little bits. If you're watching the news, you know, whatever, you know, Netflix, sit, sit there, cut in the plastic and then you put in the bottle. It's always much easier and you're going to get a lot in there. Sadly, some people are very quick to build eco bricks. But that yeah. that is also good in a way because it makes them realize how much plastic they're going through. So when they come to delivery to me, they always say, oh, my God, look at this. We have like eight eco bricks in three months. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and what are you going to do then about the actual problem here? And they're like, yeah, no, that made us realize that we need to take it easy. You know, that that's yeah. just not sustainable. I was like, no, it's not. Amazing. So it makes people think. And I think it's one of the best things that eco bricks do. But my advice is, you know, build something at your off for your office, build something for your home, for your playroom, whatever. You know, there's so many projects. If you Google EcoBricks, EcoBrick projects, there will be a million ideas. Mm. You can build fences. You can build like um, playhouses, play, and, anything. Yeah. You know, uh, the Bernard Shaw, the guys there are building a stand for their DJ. So there's so much. Uh, it is interesting. It's fun. But it's not the solution. No. The solution is to avoid all of the stuff that currently we're putting into eco bricks. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But it's it's something definitely to do with the stuff that at the moment you can't avoid or whatever. And obviously, make sure the plastic is clean and, and dry. no food and yeah. and dry. Yeah. And you collect them so people can drop them off mm-hmm. to you, email you beforehand to let you know. Yeah, ideally just send a email just saying, look, I wanna, I'm going to be around on X day at that time. Would you be there? So our drop off point today is in Grand Canal is where our storage facility is mm-hmm. just across from the Borgash. So it's quite central. It's very handy. In some cases, I've, I've already met people you know, either on my way home or close to me because they couldn't make it to Grand Canal for a reason or another. So we will find a way to get the eco bricks from, you know, do get in touch. That yeah. would, it would be great. Um, and I guess to kind of move away from Reusey, I guess, for a moment as just a fellow human and especially you're a parent as well. So 
how does life at home go and also you made you made a really valid point to me earlier before the podcast started and the fact that you don't say zero waste you say minimal waste so can you tell us a little bit about that and then how home life kind of works living minimal waste yeah so the reason behind the minimal versus zero waste it's because today to live the way we live I believe it's unattainable to go zero 100% zero for us to live zero we would need a much bigger change to happen in the world you know the big corporations like your big supermarket chains Every, everything that you buy today, somehow there is a bit of plastic for hygienic reasons, maybe, yeah, or sometimes just because that's the way they wrap things up. But like for us to leave zero, zero waste, I think the change needs to come from up above. It's not necessarily down to each one of us. Mm. We live under different circumstances. We have different pocket sizes. You know, we have kids. We don't have kids. We have busy jobs. We work from home. Like everybody is different. So to live 100% zero, I'm still to meet someone who lives 100% zero waste. Now, minimal waste means to me striving to do your best all the time, right? So if you want water, you know you want water, you're going to go out, carry your water bottle, find a place where you can refill it. You know, if you go into any pub in Dublin, and you say, can you refill this bottle for me? They will do it, mm-hmm. really, during the day, anytime. So there's no excuse. You need, you don't need to find a water fountain, you know, even though there are a few around these days. But you don't have to. You know, if you know you're going to eat out, carry up a, a set of cutlery from your own home. I was saying to you, you know, there's no need for you to buy a fancy one if you don't want. If you want, great, yeah, if that floats your boat, perfect. That works as well. But like, if you don't want to waste any money or, you know... You can't then use a set that you have at home. It's all about planning. And it is possible to leave minimal waste. It is possible to completely ban fast fashion from your life. It is. You know, it means you're not going to buy eight dresses. You're going to buy maybe two very good ones. It's about making good choices. And when it comes to my life at home with the kids and my husband, that's what we try, you know. Like my husband, I, I think he shops maybe once a year and that's that. But he also focuses on like, I want to buy very good pieces that will last. Because the last thing he wants is to have to go back into a shop again, yeah. you know. And like, and I'm, I have adopted the same approach. I much rather buy from one, a local supplier. Someone who really went through a lot of work to put something together, designed something really nice, sourced proper materials, that sort of person, then going into a shopping center and buying something, you know, from, let's just say, a fast fashion chain. Mm. So in my life and at home, that's how we try to live. And the same goes for our kitchen habits, our baby, you know, like, you know, what sort of bottles are we giving him? What sort of nappies are we using? You know, what sort of wipes are we using? Are we using wipes at all? And out and about when we have the kids going to a picnic and it's all about also showing them different ways because to them it's not different. It's just what they know. And if they grow up like that, success, you know, I've accomplished my mission. I'm done. You know, drop the mic, kids wise. (laughs) (laughs) And you went, you mentioned there about nappies and, and wipes in particular. I know 
there's a lot of parents out there who I guess can manage living with reduced waste but then your baby comes along and everything goes out the window so what kind of advice would you give I guess to to parents in particular in regards to wipes and nappies like I know there's a couple of options out there yeah so we are a generation that leaves based on convenience and fast you know and cheap a lot of ways right so if we talk about wipes first, wipes are cheap. Yeah, they're relatively cheap. They're convenient, but they are horrible for our planet. Even if you look at brands like Water Wipes, it's 99% water. Excellent, but still plastic in there. I refuse to sell that sort of stuff on the website because it's not like a cup that you're going to reuse time and time again. A wipe lasts literally a second. You wipe the little bum and that's that gone so yes there are biodegradable alternatives coming up which is great to see but like there's nothing wrong with a bit of maybe cotton and you know warm water there's nothing wrong with that back at home back in Rio I have lots of friends who are still doing that because wipes they are so expensive and like cotton with warm water they keep a little um, thermal bottle in the room of the baby Mm. and one friend actually said to me once don't tell me you're using wipes I'm like, no, 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 don't worry. And just use that. You can carry that around in a little thermal cup or something. Or you can even ask at a restaurant or whatever you are. And it will do the job perfectly. So to me, I think if we can avoid wipes, we should then. And then when it comes to nappies, it's even more complicated because people think I'm not going to clean that. And fair enough, it is disgusting. I agree. But time-wise, it's almost this the same time as just putting another nappy in there it's it's almost the same process so if you want to start slow and you're not really necessarily a fan of the reusable nappies i would say go with the biodegradable ones you know something that you know you can compost read the labels look for a proper brand there are few out there but if you want to give it a go reusable nappies they are easy to use you know they're everywhere and get a few you know, when I started, my goal was to use them during the night because you were less prone to accidents, let's just say. And then during the day, go with biodegradable. But then over time, you realize that, you know what, you can actually use them during the day. It is hard when you're on the go. As I was saying to you, in the middle of a restaurant, you're like, oh, what am I going to do this? But still, it is possible. There are places like Clot Nappy Library Ireland where they're going to give you a lot of advice if you're afraid or if you're unsure. And also they have like secondhand nappies. A, a, reusable, a reusable nappy can be very expensive, depending mm. on the brand, very expensive. And, um, and the reality is you need a bunch of them because you need to wash them, they need to dry. And if you're really, truly living sustainable values here, you're going to wash them and you're going to hang them out to dry. So it takes time. So yeah. you need a bunch of them. So I would go to Clot Nappy Ireland, uh, Library Ireland, and try and get a bit of advice to start if yeah. that's what you have in, what you want to do anyways. But it is definitely possible. And at least if you've got biodegradable nappies out there, then that makes such a huge difference. Like, because if I ever, like, spending time with my niece and my nephew, like, they, they do, they gotta, they gotta do their business, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but you gotta do what you gotta do. Exactly. Better out than in. Yeah. So it's so much better to have, like, to just know that there are options out there. Like, it is, it can be really daunting, especially as a parent, because you're like, I have not got time to look mm. into this, but there are, there oh, are willpower, options. right? Yeah. Because some parents have no willpower, and I don't blame them. 
because it's not the nicest thing mm-hmm. to do. But it is possible. We yeah. were all raised with cloth nappies. Yeah. Like I, my mom always says that, like, there's nothing wrong. You know, we did it for you guys. Nobody died. Everybody's here. Yeah. Which means it's possible. Yeah. There's some old ways, inverted commas, that we could revert back mm. to 100% and that even goes with like when you come to shopping like and people used to use baskets and cotton bags to put their groceries in and the idea of them being wrapped in plastic like mm. we've become so kind of I guess what's the word kind of obsessed with like germs and I don't know cleanliness and stuff yeah. when it's like hey we kind of need some of these things as well for exactly that's yeah. the word yeah so <laughs> But yeah, there's options out there for everything, which is really cool. And I actually had a friend ask me earlier today. So this one's for you, Jess. You wanted to know about like cleaning products at home. And you said that you do like make your own cleaning products. So can you tell us a little, because those are really hard to find chemical free. Like there are some brands out there that say they're really good for the environment, but they you, their ingredients look like stuff that you could actually find at home as well mm-hmm. so can you tell us about those yes yeah, so the trifecta here is lemon uh, bicarbonate and white vinegar right with these three guys you can make multi-purpose cleaners you can make like toilet cleaners you know little toilet bombs you can make a whole lot of things so a very very easy one for jess I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, in, at my house, we use a lot of lemons. I drink lemon water in the morning. I cook with lemon. Just it's so nice, which means I have a lot of leftovers. So I have big jars, like glass jars, like there were once tomato sauce jars, for example. And I just put the slice of lemon in there after using them, obviously. And I cover that up with white vinegar. And I leave in there maybe for two weeks. And then I just move that liquid into a spray bottle and use them to clean like countertops, you know, sinks and all of that sort of stuff. It does the job. Everything's clean, smells good. And that's it. I didn't pay an extra cent. Uh, I don't have any bottles in my house from God knows. I don't know the names. And it's toxin free. You know, my kids can leak the countertop if they want <laughs> and god yeah. knows they might be doing that i don't know you know like they can do that if they want and it's okay yeah because it's all edible yeah so you know the fact that i didn't spend money i didn't generate waste and it's safe i mean again no brainer yeah everybody should be trying to do something and it can know? be rinsed down the drain and doesn't affect aquatic life no, or anything no, yeah no. the waterways would be like yeah whatever we can take that no amazing problem. so mm. simple um, and I've seen you can even add like your own favorite. You can add like tea tree oil or something if you the want to like smell. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, perfect. So I guess before we, I can't like time has flown by talking to you. We've covered so much; it's amazing. Like nearly fifty minutes already. What was I going to say? Yeah, I guess your final kind of advice: if someone comes to you and says, "I want to start living minimal waste," what what would be your like your core advice to give somebody? Okay. So it's repetitive. If if it's someone listening out there that follows me, I'm so sorry because I keep saying the same thing. <laughs> but it's because I strongly believe that works. I would sit down one day on a weekend and one weekday and try and map like, okay, I'm waking up. What do I do? Am I washing my face? With what? Am I brushing my teeth? How? You know, what am I using to do that? Going for a shower? 
getting dressed, what am I wearing? Try and map all of the products that you use in a day. And I say weekday and a weekend separately because it's a different approach, right? Mm. On a weekday, it's very much that robotic routine. Wake up, brush teeth, have a shower, blah, 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 blah. Go to work, have lunch, come back home, have dinner, go to bed. That routine. And then the weekend is more relaxed. You're going out. Maybe you're going for a picnic. Maybe you're going for a farmer's market. You know, you're meeting someone for a movie. And then a cinema is a whole lot of problems in there, right? Um, so map out those two days. And there you will identify like, Am I living sustainably? So if we go only through that bathroom routine, right, in the morning, you're talking about shampoo bottles, facial, um, facial like soap or whatever it is that people use, liquid gel, deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrush, what else, like moisturizing, you know, galore, all of the skincare stuff, you know, you name it. So only there you can list 10 products that contain plastic. It's like, what is stopping you from swapping them for eco-friendly alternatives? Nothing. Because all of those 10 products that I just listed, they're widely, like countrywide, available in in eco-friendly versions. So to me, the bathroom routine is the most fun one. You know, because you try very nice things and new bars for your hair and all. I love it. But do that. Map those areas and try and identify which ones have the most actions for you then to sort out. And try and start with those. Start with the ones that are screaming like, help me. And once you master them, you move on to something different. There is a, a quote from Maya Angelou, the American poet and writer, that is like, and I'll try to get this right now, do what you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. And I think that is applicable to so many aspects of life and sustainability is one of them, you know, because yeah. it's do what you can, but do something, you know, remember that something is always better than nothing. There's a lot of talk around, you know, we need big change to happen, etc. But we can't just sit back and wait for the big change to happen because big change takes time. We can make a difference in our family life, our indivi- as individuals, our businesses, by making small but important changes. So that is my message. Does that make sense? Amazing. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, small steps. Because as you we were saying earlier, it's the quote going around in the internet at the moment. It's not about one person doing zero waste or minimal waste perfectly it's a million people doing it imperfectly Mm, yeah yeah I I respect and I completely understand you know when people come from like no 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 we need big corporations to change otherwise nothing's gonna happen agreed 100% but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing our part Mm -hmm. you know even though small still important Mm -hmm. you know so I'm a huge advocate for that 100% And I guess before we leave, if someone wants to get in touch with you, be them a business, any kind of business, I presume you Mm -hmm. go talk to or school or people for a home visit or parties or eco breaks or to buy any of your products. There's so many things you, you supply. It's amazing. How do people get in touch with you? Yes, so we have our website and in there you find information about basically everything we discussed from products and services. So it's www.reusey.com. Dot IE, that being R-E-U-Z-I. Uh, we have our social media channels. It's at reusy.ie, like the website. 
Um, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, and we're on Instagram. Uh, and I'm very happy to talk to whoever wants to talk to me. I have my phone number, personal phone number, on the site. If you want to have a chat, just hit me up. <laughs> You're yeah. so kind. You're so generous, Pat. Thank you so much for all the wisdom you've imparted. And of course, thank you for setting up your business, which is really doing so much to help so many people do their bit for the planet and if only we had more people like you in the world be amazing so thank you so so much thank you it's been a pleasure so before i go i just want to leave a bit of news uh we're thinking about actually having a permanent spot somewhere in dublin and i don't have a lot of confirmations of anything yet like location and all i think it's very important as well because people want to meet the faces behind the brand people want to they, they want to see the products touch and smell you know we have lovely bars and all so yes stay tuned that will be great that's very exciting so exciting i've got a huge smile across my face right now. that's so exciting and <laughs> um, so hopefully this will be launched in a couple of weeks from now this episode so hopefully by now i'll be able to share with you guys some more but that's amazing best of luck with that fingers thank crossed you. it all goes well that'll yes. be in dublin yes okay fingers crossed thank you thank so much you. Pat. thank you There you go, guys. That was Pat. I absolutely love talking about she was so lovely. There was a bit of a delay with the interview at first because the office I was using wasn't available. So we were sat in Cornucopia, this lovely vegetarian restaurant in in Dublin town. We were sitting there chatting for ages. She's just such a lovely person. I'm so excited about this shop that she has opening. It is underway now in Dublin, which I'm very excited about. So keep an eye on Ryuzi's Instagram for that and Facebook and everything. I've linked all the what's it's all the websites and anything Pat mentioned in this is all down below or up above, whichever way your podcast medium works. You can find all the info there in the show notes. And yes, just really inspiring to talk to and just nice as a fellow human being to hear the kind of stuff that she works on at home. And if you have a business or you work in a Montessori or something, you know, she's there to try help people get on board the sustainable train. I'm never saying that again. (laughs) That sounded awful. But yeah, if you want help with sustainable living, Pat is more than happy to assist you guys. Check out her website. Just such a wonderful person. This has been a long enough episode as it is. In the message of July, just try go plastic free even just for a day or even you know one meal at a time if there's a plastic free option for your veg your fruit that you're buying go for that if you do end up getting plastic dump it at the end of the supermarket and yes I have some very exciting podcasts coming up for you and that I'm recording at the moment I'm so excited I don't know if I should tell you guys beforehand I don't know some of them involve animals we're going to be learning a lot about specific areas in Irish biodiversity that we need to look after and there might be a podcast coming up about toys so that is pretty awesome if you've not figured I'm a big kid inside so I'm looking forward to all of those please share this episode on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I don't know, MySpace, if that's still a thing. 
share it anywhere you can. That would be amazing. And review, rate, subscribe. And I have a Patreon account, as I mentioned at the start. Patreon.com forward slash book of leaves. That is enough from me. Happy Monday, guys. I hope you have an amazing week and I will see you in two weeks time.